Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Oh, oh, yeah. oh man. We have had a crazy 24 hours on Capitol Hill. And at the center of it all is the Biden crime family. So we're going to check in with a Biden. We're going to check in with crack-smoking, gun-toting, widow-poking Hunter Biden. (laughs) You smoke crack, don't you? Wow. Don't smoke crack. Then the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. <laughs> Did you watch Hunter Biden do his speech earlier today? Yeah, it was so stupid. It was like he was playing the victim, like talking about how MAGA GOP Republicans are trying to ruin my credibility. <laughs> Dude, you paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for sex clubs and porn and hookers. You took pictures of yourself naked with a crack pipe all over. And then you left all those images at the store. Or I'd say your your credibility, your image has been completely compromised and ruined. And oh, by the way, there's that whole not paying your taxes thing. Oh yeah, in addition to not paying child support. <laughs> oh, but I'm the victim. Oh, you got into a relationship with your dead brother's widow. So I don't want to hear any nonsense about Hunter being the victim. He's one of the great scumbags of all time. The question is. Can the Oversight Committee prove that he's also a felon? So Hunter Biden was subpoenaed by the House Oversight Committee to come in and be interviewed, deposed, however you want to call it. This was supposed to be behind closed doors. This was about the paper trail, the foreign money that was coming in to all of the Bidens, the big guy, the brother-in-law, the daughter-in-law, Hunter. Hunter Biden showed up. He went to the Capitol and delivered a speech, but then he ignored the subpoena and he left. Here's the opening statement today by Hunter Biden. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. Where's Hunter? I am here. (laughs) Where is he? Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. (laughs) Everybody just kind of rolled their eyes when he said, artist. Did he use the air quotes when he said it? (laughs) Certainly not as an artist. Artist. selling his ridiculous finger paintings for thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, Hunter Biden stated that he only showed up because he was given an option from James Comer. Despite what the subpoena said, Hunter claims that Comer said, we can do this behind closed doors or out in public. Here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer when you said... We can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen 
I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of that last part. Part of me wants to say Hunter's right. What are they afraid of? I'd say he's there. Put him in the seat. Make him, uh, you know, take an oath and start grilling his ass. But that's not how it's been done in the past. When Don Jr. got dragged in there for all of the ridiculousness that went on with his old man and the impeachment process, right. like 40 hours, he had to sit behind closed doors. So why does Hunter think he's above doing the exact same thing that just happened to a president's son just a couple of years ago? I mean, this is how the procedure works. And I'm wondering why Hunter Biden was so passionate about wanting to make this public, but not do something behind closed doors first. Like, it's okay. Do it behind closed doors and then do it publicly. But he wanted no part of the one behind closed doors. Why? What did he want to do on that stand? What kind of circus did he want to create? Here is the reaction from the Oversight Committee Chairman, James Comer. This is an investigation about public corruption at the highest levels of our government. The FBI, the DOJ, and the IRS, as we've heard from the whistleblowers, have all dropped the ball. So the House Oversight and House Judiciary Committee are conducting this credible investigation that an overwhelming majority of Americans want. We have specific questions for the president's son. He does not get to dictate the terms of this subpoena. And that's the key right there. Comer may have said yeah. in the past, your choice of how you want to do it, but the subpoena clearly laid out this was supposed to be behind closed doors. Hunter Biden defied the subpoena. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, there's probably an element of his lawyers making a spectacle once they get in there and do it in an open forum and, and uh, Hunter Biden filibustering and and maybe there would even be some, you know, uh, you know, the Fifth Amendment type deal where he's not allowed to answer some of these questions because he is under investigation, several different investigations and indictments involving tax fraud. Right. Jim Jordan, another member of the Oversight Committee, he talked a little bit about some of the issues I think you're bringing up here, Nige. You know, we're disappointed that he didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and sat for questions? If you do it in an open format now, you're going to get you're going to get filibusters. You're going to get speeches. You're going to get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de- uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. And then, as the chairman said, we'd love for him to come public. Finally, I would say this: uh, Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with a power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for a uh, for his interview, for his deposition. And frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. 
Oh, so they're going to charge him with contempt. That could be as much as $100,000 and maybe even some prison time. So Comer's already tweeted as much, quote, Hunter Biden today defied lawful subpoenas, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. We will not provide special treatment because his last name is Biden. So he's talking about when he says special treatment, Biden's ready to go up there. He's just going to do it in a public hearing before going behind closed doors. Right. Instead of going behind closed doors, which there's still a side of me that says, man, you got him right there. Just go get him. He's right there. He's willing to testify. I'm wondering now, will the Joe Biden Department of Justice actually move forward if the House Republicans initiate this contempt of Congress charge. Is Merrick Garland going to take that seriously? And if he doesn't, will the Republicans have enough huevos, testicular (laughs) fortitude, to impeach Merrick Garland, something they should have done already? So I got to be honest, I've got very little faith that the Republicans can accomplish anything here. And this is coming from somebody who wants to see them do well. You know, but come on. Every single time you think they've got somebody where they want them, you get hot takes from Jim Jordan, you get some finger wagging by Comer, and at the end of the day, nothing. Nobody gets fired. Nobody goes to jail. Nothing. Nothing ever happens. Let's see what happens here. Uh, Nige, if you're looking for a reason to drink tonight. Well, I was planning on staying dry, but I'll see what you have to say here. Let me hear this out. Maybe this is more for Allison, our producer. Today, 34 years ago, Taylor Swift was born. Oh, okay. Taylor Swift's 34th birthday. Okay, I'll drink to that. (laughs) You're already drinking over there, actually. (laughs) Um, So, in honor of Taylor Swift's birthday, Nige, it's a couple things we like to do on this show. Here is Taylor Swift performing a cover of Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me. Really? Pulls out some of this stuff. How about this uh, little mashup here? This is Back in Black from ACDC, which you've got the shirt on, actually. That's right. Mashed up with Taylor Swift's hit 22. Even Allison's shaking her head. I I don't like this mashup. Here it comes. Any time now, Allison. Any time. Put me out of my misery. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Guess who's back? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Number three, right? Number three nationally. Barrett News Media, which is a big media publication outlet, they put out these rankings every year of uh, radio shows. And last year, in terms of afternoon radio programs, we were number one. 
number one in America. We had a full 365 plus days of a victory lap. This year, we fell a couple spots to number three. I think the way they, they vote is they've got a bunch of radio executives and program directors across the country that vote for these kinds of things, different categories. So right. I wasn't expecting to get number one again. Although, I mean, I don't know. I think we're better than some of those other guys. I've never even heard of. Oh, yeah. We're better than the two dirtbags ahead of us. But <laughs> we're incredibly grateful that uh, Barrett News Media chose us to be on the podium, right? Last year, we cut down the nets. We held up a championship banner. I'll take it. We've got one hanging in the rafters. This year, third. And when you look at this radio program here, this little nickel and dime pony show uh, that we call the Hammer and Nigel Show, Man, we are incredibly grateful to anybody that tunes in. Because in addition to winning national recognition, the latest ratings came out a couple days ago. Number one. That's all I care about, really. Yeah, I mean, 25 to 54 men, 35 plus, six plus, multiple categories. We are number one. And we're not just competing with talk shows. We're beating the brakes off of Q95. We're beating the brakes off of JJK. Those dirtbags over at B105. <laughs> we are beating the hell out of these people. You mean, you mean our coworkers at B105? Yes. <laughs> I said what I said, and I mean what I said. Um, so, thank you so very much. I want to make sure I got this out. Today's my final day here until next year. Like Rob Kendall, I got a crap ton of vacation time that's oh, yeah. use it or lose it. So, I'm going to use it <laughs> so I don't lose it. Uh, so today is my last day until January 2nd. Uh, that's a shame. I uh, know. You're going to have to actually do some work now. I know. So thank you very much to everybody that listens to this program every single day. Tell your friends. We are like a big fraternity, a big family, and uh, we couldn't do any of this stuff without you guys. You guys rock. Thank you so much. Allison. Hit me with some booze news. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's your lips? It's so good. It's booze news, booze news. Time for booze news. See if this does anything for you, Hammer. A Doritos flavored liqueur hmm. has officially been invented. It will be available uh, next month for $65 a bottle. Here's one of the owners, the inventors, explaining the origin story of the Doritos spirit. One of the first members of our team, Hiro, had gone out for lunch and come back with a sandwich and a bag of Doritos. And at that time, I was still doing a lot of, a lot, a lot of tests of distilling different things. So when he came back from uh, his lunch run, I took a look at the bag of Doritos and said, sorry, buddy, I'm going to have to take part of your lunch and turn it into booze. And uh, <laughs> we tried it and the result was amazing. I can't wait to try it. If you're I mean, a bar owner in the city, or if you're a liquor store owner, or somebody that works in spirits, and you know you're going to get the Doritos liqueur, <laughs> got to bring us some. Some people, I, I think, might be a little bit disturbed by it, though. And uh, actually, the jingle, the commercial for the Doritos flavored liquor is equally as disturbing. <laughs> Oh, the crunchy taste is delightful, and now you can have a snootful. The booze has a taste you'll know, 
Dorito, Dorito, Dorito. Yeah. The flavor is so jaw-dropping. Your eggnog you'll be swapping. The bites in the bottle will flow. Dorito, Dorito, Dorito. I'm ready to try it. I think I Let's am. Let's try it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Listen to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name's Nigel. Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Representative Jim Banks joining us. And Congressman, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the Hammer and Nigel Show. And I definitely want to dive into the conversation about what's happening at these colleges and universities and some of these ridiculous school presidents. I want to have that chat here in just a moment, but it's been a wild 24 hours with the House of Representatives. Let's start with earlier today. Hunter Biden comes by, makes a little speech, talks about how he's the victim, and then rides off into the sunset, and we haven't seen him since. I want to get your thoughts on what's going on with the Biden crime family. Well, yeah, he shows up on Capitol Hill very briefly. The, the, the timing is ironic, or maybe not, perhaps. We, we are going to here in an hour, walk onto the House floor and formally begin the impeachment process to impeach the most corrupt president uh, of my lifetime, and that being Joe Biden, uh, and hold him accountable for the crimes of their family, uh, the, the, the corruption of the Biden family. And the reason I believe it's important to impeach Joe Biden is because no president in the future can ever believe that they can get away with what this guy's gotten away with. Hunter Biden came to Capitol Hill, held a press conference. By, by the way, I don't know if you saw who hosted his press conference. It was Swalwell. it was our buddy Eric Swalwell <laughs> from California, a guy who has a lot in common with Hunter Biden. I mean, there's a lot of irony there, too. So uh, Swalwell hosts him. They have a press conference. He denies that. He basically says in his press conference, I'm, I'm corrupt, but my but there's no proof that my dad's corrupt. But he didn't answer the big questions about the big guy skimming 10 percent off the top to give to the big guy and how his dad has been complicit and involved for many years in uh, enriching the Biden family and then him taking money off the top. Money coming from China, from Russia, from corrupt foreign uh, countries, some of our adversaries. There's, there's a lot here to talk about, but today, in an hour, we're going to begin this process and finally get to a, a point where uh, we're moving this process forward to hold, hold Joe Biden accountable. So I think the two follow-up questions to that are, number one, do you think the Republicans have the votes to move this inquiry forward? And number two, what do you say when people come out and say, you have no proof, you have no evidence, there's no smoking gun that ties Joe Biden into any of this? You have to be completely, either completely oblivious or completely dishonest not to see what is already out there, that the Biden family has gotten away with a lot, not just while he was in the White House, but when he was with vice, when he was the vice president, when um, he was a United States senator, the Biden family was enriching themselves because of the position of Joe, Senator Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden. And a lot of us believe these activities have continued to this day. I mean, the, the Hunter Biden 
um, artwork scandal happened while Joe Biden was the president. I mean, if that would have happened with if if uh, if my friend Don Trump Jr. would have been uh, creating a oh please a, a yeah blow art art yeah. and selling it for uh, half a million half a million dollars for for artwork, they would have impeached Donald Trump for that. I guarantee you. So uh, all this stuff happened while many of the, these things happened while Joe Biden was president. And uh, the, 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 on top of that, the reason that we're formalizing this process today is because Joe Biden and his administration has refused to turn over way too many documents and make a lot of things transparent that they've refused to do. So if they if they aren't going to cooperate right now, we have to begin the impeachment process to force them to cooperate, to hand over documents. And I think a lot of those documents are going to prove even further than what we've already seen, that this, this family is the most corrupt family ever to live in the White House. Do you think you have the votes, though? I do. I mean, at this point, we have a we have we have we have shrunk the majority down to a, suit, a two seat Republican majority. And at the end of the year, it'll be a, after McCarthy leaves at the end of the year, be a one seat Republican majority going into the new year. I, I think we in spite of that, I think we do have the votes to begin the impeachment inquiry. Are, are, are the votes there to impeach Joe Biden? I'm, I'm more skeptical of that, but I, I do believe and we're going to find out here in an hour. I do believe the votes are there to begin the impeachment inquiry and move this process forward. And then when the when Jim Jordan, the Judiciary Committee, James Comer, the Oversight Committee, as they begin to uncover the facts and make them make them public uh, to the American people, then I think the facts will be there to move forward with a full impeachment. And I, at that point, I, I don't know how I don't know how many of these Democrats with a straight face who impeached Donald Trump for false reasons that Joe Biden was actually really guilty of the things that they impeached yeah. Donald Trump for. How can they how can they vote against impeaching uh, Joe Biden? So uh, uh, stay tuned on that. And we all know, Congressman, this isn't really about Hunter Biden. We know Hunter Biden is a direct conduit to his dad while he was vice president. But Hunter Biden standing there on the steps today at the Capitol saying, hey, I'm ready to testify right now. Let's go. None of this behind closed door crap. I'm ready to go right now. There's part of me that kind of wanted to see that. And this is where Hammer and I disagree a little bit. I, I thought Comer and James Jordan should have sat his ass down there and made him answer those questions instead of, you know, I, I know there's a process. I don't know if it's um, there's really a, it's a it's law codified into law or anything like that to go behind closed doors first and then have a public hearing. But I was like, man, get this guy up there right now and start grilling him. Where Where am I wrong? You know, I, I think you're right. I, I, I don't know the calculations. I'm not a part of either of those committees. And I haven't spoken to Comer or Jim Jordan about the reasons for not having a public uh, f uh, formal hearing and ask him questions under oath. I mean, he, he would have to swear himself in under oath to tell the truth. And we know that we know Hunter Biden doesn't tell the truth. So <laughs> maybe that's what they were afraid of him lying and and whatnot. But if he's lying under oath and that raises even bigger questions for him and even a further reason to lock him up and and uh, and throw away the key and hold Hunter Biden accountable for his crimes. Um, some of those crimes that, the, that but by the way, the Biden Department of Justice has swept many things under the rug. The way that they've dealt with Hunter Biden raises a lot of issues that might lead to questions about impeachment and holding Joe Biden and his 
his DOJ accountable for for uh, abusing their power and sweeping things under the rug involving Hunter Biden. But if you put him put him under oath in the committee and a lot of those, you know, Jim, Jim Jordan, there's nobody better than him than asking the sharp questions and, get, and, and getting answers out of them. Uh, maybe that would have been a healthy exercise. I wouldn't be against it. Chatting with Congressman Jim Banks, joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. If you want to uh, follow Representative Jim Banks, go on his Twitter feed, lays out a couple different things, different places where you can go. Uh, Big Nige, Netflix released viewer data for the first half of the year. Yeah. You guys been watching Netflix? You big Netflix family? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's certain shows I can't can't remember the last time. I usually watch old stuff. It's like like all the old movies yeah. and stuff that I have, you know, already on DVD put away somewhere in my basement. I'll watch that stuff. I'll watch Seinfeld. I feel like um, I've been watching more HBO Max than Netflix lately. Yeah, there's good, some good shows on there. Like just binge watching The Sopranos um, again. I've been watching Hulu uh, more. Only Murders in the Building is what it's called. Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Really, really good. That's what I've been watching. But nothing on the regular on Netflix right now. Allison, big Netflix viewer, are you? I'm kind of like you guys. I think I've kind of moved on. There's so many other streaming services. Peacock, I mean, that's kind of my go-to. Okay, so they released the viewer data for the first half of the year on Netflix. Tell me if you guys even know what these are. Because I'm at that age in my life now where like award shows and lists. I don't know who they are. Number one, The Night Agent season season one. 812.1 million hours streamed. The Night Agent. Anybody know what this is? Anybody? Um, Viewer? Yeah. I I think it's a, a spy I think I've watched is actually it about an, an agent at night. <laughs> it's not about yeah. Bob Knight, is it? It's um let me see if I rattle my I may have like watched it with a buzz and <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's like FBI and there's a conspiracy and there's a mole at the highest levels of uh government, so that's kind of what it's about. So that's number 1 by far. 812 million hours you know, I mean, viewed. Now that's it sounds like something I'd like. Okay. Number 2 Jenny and Georgia season two. Nope. Allison, anything? Yeah, I think that's more geared towards uh, women. It's like a best friend s- sisterhood. I okay. Don't know. Mm. The Glory season one came in at number three. No. Sounds like something that used to be on Skinamax, actually. <laughs> uh, number four and number five. Wednesday season one. I know what that is. That's like the Adams Family girl, right? Oh, yeah, we Wednesday watch that. Um, my, 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 uh, if, if that's the same thing we're talking about, yeah, my daughter watches that all the time. And number five, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. I did watch that. It was. I actually really liked it. You, what was it? What is it? Um, it's based off of the Bridgerton series. It's very. Oh, uh, why okay. did you say so? Oh, the Bridgerton yeah. series. Oh, yeah. yes. So uh, it's it's uh, old timey romance. There you go. Okay. All not right. up so, your alley. So it's like classy stuff, not yeah. the kind of stuff that you know I used to watch on scrambled screens on cable back in the day. <laughs> no Emmanuel sightings in uh, Bridgerton, I take it. Emmanuel. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Homicide in Greenwood last night, Hammer. Uh, all involving teenagers. Two of them Sunday arrested. night. I'm sorry, Sunday night. Um, all involving teenagers. Two arrested, one dead. And it was all over a drug deal. The police have arrested a 15-year-old female and a 17-year-old male in the Greenwood homicide. And I'm reading the uh, statement here from the prosecutor's office, the information. They expect to file charges within the next 48 hours, and the prosecutor expects to charge the 17-year-old with murder. Uh, Obviously, there are no names out right now. When formal charges are filed, you'll probably be able to get that information. But imagine a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old being charged with a murder. Like, what is going on in your life that you feel like you have to kill somebody? Three. Over, over drugs. Over drugs. I mean, that's. I, I don't know what the percentages are, but I would say they're extremely high when these kinds of things happen. It's over drug deals gone bad. And we hear these stories from Indianapolis all the time, but this is happening in Greenwood. And we've been... My goodness, talking about this for years now, uh, these types of situations that we're accustomed to here in Indy, it's coming to a neighborhood near you. Oh, it's permeating, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's just not hot spots on the east side or, or the or, or the west side or wherever. It's it's. I mean, this is it's creeping out into your neck of the woods, my neck of the woods. Um, you were not immune to some of this stuff going on in your community. So earlier, we checked in with Hunter Biden. Right now, we're going to check in yes. with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe, Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. Come on, man. You ain't black. So Joe Biden standing at the podium. He's a little upset that the Republicans don't want to just hand a blank check to Zelensky without getting a little something for the southern border of our country as well. That really rubs him the wrong way. And the the Republicans want oversight. Maybe a, a tracking of where the money exo- is, would be going exactly. Right. Joe Biden, speaking yesterday, says that securing the United States border is, quote, an extreme Republican partisan agenda. Holding Ukraine funding hostage in an attempt to force through an extreme Republican partisan agenda on the border is not how it works. We need real solutions. Well, no, that is how it works, because you didn't get your money, bud. Right. And if wanting a secure border is an extreme position, well, pass me a Red Bull, give me a skateboard. I'm the most extreme <laughs> guy you're going to find. And I love the fact that he said that that, must, that money was being held hostage. Like, dude, read the room right now. You've got American hostages, real people over, you know, on the Gaza Strip, and you don't really talk about them with the same passion that you do the money that would go to Zelensky. By the way, securing our border is not just an extreme Republican partisan agenda. Have you seen some of the Democrats lately that have lashed out against Joe Biden and his border policies? 
You've seen Chicago, New York, Atlanta. Arizona. The governor of Arizona, that airhead, <laughs> has been demanding federal funds from Joe Biden because of his border policies. It was all cute when it was just happening to Texas. Oh, sure, yeah. They loved it. They were sanctuary cities, so it was just happening, you know, in Eagle Pass. But now that <laughs> whether it's because DeSantis or Abbott have been sending folks elsewhere or these folks have just been making their way there as is because they were told these are sanctuary cities. Yeah. Now they have a problem with the southern border. But it just rubs me the wrong way when he said the money was being held hostage. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You uh, know, yeah, read the room. Just. <laughs> I wish he treated real American people as seriously as he did Ukraine's money using the term hostage. Uh, so that was Joe Biden speaking about the Ukraine money. Nancy Pelosi was also bumping her dentures. So it's been a little <laughs> while, but we have a Nancy Pelosi update, which means we have to play the official Nancy Pelosi music. Oh, I forgot about that. Is that necessary? Can't you just see her drunk on that little bike, <laughs> hair flying in the wind, chewing on those dentures as she's riding that little bike? Um, here's Nancy Pelosi talking about how the Republicans holding back money on Ukraine because we have to fix our own issues here is basically a war crime. But remember, the longer they take for Ukraine, more people will die, more women will be raped, more children will be kidnapped, and it'll be all on them. We have to get them to move. I mean, did she say anything about, you know, the human trafficking, the fentanyl, the... the, the Anything about the the violence and crimes against kids on the southern border? Not for us. No, 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 no. No, very concerned about what's happening on Ukraine's border. But when it comes to the United States border, again, she does the same trick where she reaches in her pocket, pulls it out, and it's a middle finger. <laughs> That's what Nancy Pelosi has done to the southern border of the United States. Dateline, Florida, Nige. 43-year-old man in Florida was arrested on Saturday. It's, it's not going to end well, I have a feeling. After he opened fire on a Christmas parade, police Jeez. say he was drunk and got, quote, agitated by parade attendees. Now, thankfully, nobody was hurt, but... Have you ever been agitated by a parade attendee to <laughs> the point what, where you have to shoot somebody? I don't know what that means. Uh, of course, the man was extremely inebriated, so who knows what was running through his head. I don't think he would make sense of something like this. Like, ever okay. since that situation in Wisconsin, remember where oh, the yeah. angry uh, BLM supporter just ran over people at the Christmas parade? Anytime there's a situation where there's a parade or some sort of festival, maybe I'm just paranoid. I always scout out an exit. That's that's pretty much, I mean, you should do that anyway. I mean, I, like when we went to that uh, Carmel uh, ice skating rink a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, it was beautiful. It was packed to the hills, but I, I just, you know, yeah, I get kind of anxious in those situations. And sure, you should always have your head on a swivel, especially when it comes to um, protecting your kids. Right. And, right. I mean, a Christmas parade or walking around downtown. I mean, I think that's just common sense. I'm trying to figure out, though, what could happen at a parade where usually it's just kids.
kids lining the street that would make this dude snap to the point where he had to shoot but people. But he was drunk, and I'm sure he was drunk to the point to where he didn't know what he was doing or what was going on. He was out of his mind. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I just read that the governor of Oklahoma has passed an executive order banning all of this DEI stuff, diversity, equity, inclusion, all of these official departments at state universities and colleges. Love that Oklahoma's doing this. Where they, you know, so that's banning basically the idea that you were uh, born uh, perpetually, perpetually. Um, Oppressed. As an oppressor, uh, yeah, oppressed, and born as an oppressor, born as oppressed. Uh, if you are white, you're an oppressor. If you are a minority, you are perpetually oppressed, and you always have. Um, you'll never get a fair shake. Imagine being like taught that. Imagine being saying, "Hey, you know, look, here's that's the way it is in America. It's you're not going to get a fair shake because of the color of your skin." And Oklahoma has passed this. I think they joined Florida, Texas, and Iowa as the only states that have said, yeah, we're getting rid of all this crap. We're just here to teach your kids. We're not here to indoctrinate somebody, make somebody a victim, make somebody an oppressor. I'm wondering, what do you think it would take for Eric Holcomb (laughs) to consider something like that here in the state of Indiana? Dude, he vetoed a bill that would have banned uh, letting uh, men play women's sports in high school, letting men in women's locker rooms in high school. He banned that. Luckily, they overrode his veto. Luckily, the legislature overrode his veto. So I'm not sure he's too worried about DEI. <laughs> There's a better chance of me being the first pick in the NFL draft than Eric Holcomb jumping on board with what Florida, Texas, Iowa, and Oklahoma are doing. Emmer and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will bring some quirky kind of back page stories to you. You will listen to it, break down all the information, and give us a verdict. Is that story anything or not? Okay. Is this anything? An 11-year-old in Florida, a boy, has been arrested after calling 911 and falsely reporting a school shooting. Oh, wow. Because he just wanted to go home early. (laughs) No. Here's the 911 call that he made for the non-existent school shooter. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Help, there's a school shooter walking through the hallway. What school? Uh, Marion Oaks. What hallway are you in? Noted 2. Marion Oaks Elementary or Marion Oaks High School? Huh? Hello, can you hear me? Marion, which school? Marion Oaks Elementary? And then he just hung up. Yeah, that's something. That's a little disturbing. Usually, if you're 11 years old, you don't want to go to school. You just, you know, fake like you're sick. 
Right. <laughs> go into the bathroom and act like you're throwing up or something. You know, call 911 and say there's a school shooting. Police, of course, were on the scene in minutes. Thank God this wasn't real. But this 11-year-old, I mean, my, my kid's 11 years old. He's about to turn 12 years old. I would be, as a parent, if there are parents involved Bingo. in this situation, it doesn't sound like the parents. Holy crap, man. So this kid at 11 years old is facing making a false report of a mass shooting, uh, using a phone for a felony, disrupting, disrupting school functions, misusing 911, um, all at 11 years old. Now, all that stuff's going to disappear when he turns 18, but it sounds like this kid needs some incredible help and some better parenting. Yes, this is something. Wow. Better parenting or parenting at all. Pick and choose right there. I mean, there. when I was a kid, I didn't want to go to school. I just said, Mom, I'm sick. I don't, I don't feel good. Right. It's like like when our, our kids wake up, sometimes they'll have a headache or a, a fever or something like that. You're not going to school today. That's fine. All right? Just uh, just don't ever call 911 and pretend like there's a shooting. What's your That's- go-to excuse from whether it was the time that you went to school or the many times that you call into work? What's your go-to <laughs> excuse? <laughs> what you, uh, uh, let's just, let me see here. Back in school, it was probably um, stomach stomach issues. Okay, like I got the I got the diet cha cha. Right, you know what I mean. Here, I've never <laughs> I've never called it fake sick. If I've if I've had showed up to work, it's been because I have a temperature or I've got a. Uh, you know, I slept on my arm wrong and I have frozen shoulder. Yes, I've done that. <laughs> the answer I was looking for was explosive diarrhea. Yeah, okay. Explosive, explosive diarrhea. diarrhea. That's you, you tell somebody you have that, stay the hell away from me. Right. Everybody accepts that as yes. an excuse. I don't care if you're lying or not, but if you're telling me you've got explosive <laughs> diarrhea, you can keep your distance. Is this anything? A Maryland man has gained millions of fans by... Dressing as a gecko and taking calls from people (laughs) to provide some sort of therapy to them. Here is Lyle Drescher, a.k.a. the therapy gecko, talking about what his social media persona is all about and what exactly it is that he does. Some people talk about deep interpersonal problems with their relationships, and then other people will talk about pooping their pants. I started streaming myself on Reddit as a gecko, taking phone calls, and the streams would go onto the front page of Reddit. My expectation is that I would be uh, living here in my mom's basement doing this forever, but uh, it has gone much better than I thought it would. Uh, yeah, that's something. And I'm on this guy's YouTube page for now, uh, right now. It's called Lyle Forever. And he's just literally dressed up as a pink lizard. Or I'm sorry, a green lizard. And let me give you an example. Here, Here is, and by the way, he's he's not a trained therapist. I, I, oh, wonderful. That. This guy is not really, you know, the people calling in this guy's show with problems. He's not trained in any way, shape, or form in therapy. Here's, um, here's an example of somebody calling into his show. You're drunk at your job at a middle school. Yeah, that doesn't sound good when you say it. It doesn't. Danny, this is the part of the call where I ask you, are you doing all right? Uh, I don't know, bro. That's okay. I don't think there's, I don't think you should be ashamed. Um, <laughs> he doesn't think he'd be ashamed. Uh, so those are the kinds of calls that he gets. Another one t- is titled, um, I'm addicted to prostitutes. Here's one where the caller says, 
He treated his body like an amusement park in an attack helicopter. Okay. I might have to click on that one later to see what that was all about. But yes, I, I think the, um, I think the therapy gecko is something, and that's what makes this country uh, the greatest in the world. You can accomplish your dreams by sitting in a basement and dressing up like a green gecko and taking calls. So who do you have more questions about? The guy that dresses as a <laughs> gecko that's not a real therapist that passes out ridiculous advice. Or <laughs> the kind of person that calls the guy dressed yes. as a gecko that passes out ridiculous advice. Both parties are equally uh, at fault here, I think. If they're whatever whatever fault that is, I think both sides are equally, um, um, shall we say, disturbed. <laughs> like, can we do that on our show? Can we dress Allison like you know a kangaroo and people <laughs> call up and she gives advice to them? Can Let's we do, do that? that? Yeah, call a roulette like you did uh, on uh, Kendall and Casey earlier this morning. Is this anything? Here's a woman who got a debate going on social media by asking people which way they face while showering. I've just been informed by my mom that there are two ways people shower, and we just realized that we both do the opposite thing. So when I shower, the shower head is behind me, so the water is like on my hair and down my back. Of course, yeah. I'll turn around occasionally and yeah. like move around, but she showers primarily facing the shower head, so the water like hits her in the face and down her body. And she's shocked that I do the opposite, and I'm shocked that she does the opposite. I feel like the normal way to shower is with the shower head behind you, and you're facing that way. Yeah, that's is the, anyone else surprised by this? That's the normal way to shower. Now, when I turn it, when I initially get in the shower, I make sure it's hot, obviously. I, I will stand face facing the shower head, getting my face and sh- you know uh, my hair wet and everything. But then I'll turn around, get the soap on, uh, uh, leave the soap on the head. While then I grab this. Uh, um, um, I said shampoo, shampoo and conditioner on the head. Grab the soap, pits, crotch, feet, crack. Uh, usually not necessarily in that order. Right, right. Um, but I'm, I'm standing, you know, with my back away from the shower head. But then when I go to rinse off, I turn towards the shower head. So I'm both, but primarily back to the shower head. I'm like a rotisserie chicken. Like, I kind of <laughs> rotate around. I start with the hot water on my face, yeah. you know, get it on my hair. And right. then I turn around and get a little massage on the back, the neck, <laughs> at the top of the hair. But when I'm washing, I'm kind of rotating around a little bit. Allison, where are we at on this? What do you do? Uh, shower head in the back. Yeah. Okay. Not a lot. And of I movement. do like towards the end. I kind of lean over a little bit so the water goes down to my backside. Right. Make sure it's all clean. And do you spread the cheeks apart so well, it really gets in there. Know, you know, let's not get too personal here. But, I mean, there, there might be some spreading. Okay. There might be some spreading. Just means you take hygiene seriously. Yeah, very serious. There's no Absolutely. shame in that at all. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello! I'm Nigel. That's Hammer. Last night, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, GOP presidential nominee, did a town hall on CNN hosted by Jake Tapper. Now, the surprising thing about this is that I had no idea he did a town hall on CNN with Jake Tapper. <laughs> we did. Did we know this was happening? I was at home and I hit guide on my TV. I was trying to find something to watch. You know. Um, 
and then I saw it listed. I'm like, well, I'll be damned. There's a town hall on CNN tonight with old Ronnie D. I had no idea that was happening. None. Zero. Why do these people keep on going on places that hate them? And media that that you know corporate media that that has their own that shapes their own narrative. Corporate media like CNN that that you know kept on repeating it's the don't say gay bill, don't say gay bill in Florida, which was not at all what it was. No, you know. And Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, they're probably going to do the same things. I think Ramaswamy is doing one tonight. Yeah, but there's actually. two, and there's two more geo, there's two more debates on CNN in addition, in addition to these town halls. What I've noticed, though, is the talent at CNN, whether it's Jake Tapper, whether it's, you know, Caitlin Collins, whoever it is, they don't bring the same heat. They don't bring the same vitriol to candidates not named Donald Trump. Like, I watched a little bit of the DeSantis thing last night, and we'll play some audio here in just a second. Yeah. But remember when Caitlin Collins did that thing with Donald Trump? She was ready to smack him sure. and fight him. Yeah, she kept interrupting him. But that wasn't the case last night. Now, granted, Jake Tapper is a better host than Caitlin Collins is, but still. I think that's saying much. Right. <laughs> but still, I just didn't see the same heat. Maybe, again, tinfoil hat, I don't know, the CNN hosts want somebody other than Donald Trump to be viewed in a positive light. I don't know. It's an interesting way to think about it. But here's what happened last night. The topic of the border came up to Ron DeSantis. From a national security perspective, that open border threatens our country. We have people from all over the world that have gone in there. And so I think what these Republicans are saying is, let's get this done. And Biden's going to have to compromise on that. And he's not willing to do it. Look, as president, I'll do the border on day one. Day one, we're going to declare it a national emergency. I'm sending the military to the southern border. We're going to stop the invasion. When people are here illegally, they have to be sent back. You have to do that. We have people that have come from Iran, other parts of the Middle East, China, uh, Russia, you name it. They've come from all over the world illegally. These people don't have our best interests at heart. This is a security threat to us. So that is something we have to do. And I think that most people that I talk to who are frustrated with some of the money going overseas, they want Ukraine to beat Russia. We don't like Russia, but here's the thing. You got to take care of your own house first. And the D.C. elites, they ignore the problems affecting the American people. You know why? Because it doesn't affect them. And that is wrong. What I like about what Ron DeSantis does, and again, I like Ron DeSantis, I do. He's very policy focused. He's not charismatic. He's got an awkward smile. You know, people make fun of him for the shoes that he wears, the lifts and all that kind of stuff. But when he's just talking about policy, things that he has done, things that he wants to do. And the other guy's not doing right. When I'm right. talking about Biden. With those right. three things, yeah, of course. Um, and, and the other thing I liked about what he said was the, the, the use of the word invasion. When you have millions of people coming across the border, you don't know who they are. Uh, they don't, they're not part of the asylum process. They're not, they're not processed at all. They're gotaways is what they're called. That, to me, especially when he's talking about people from China, and Iran and other hostile countries coming in through the southern border, and we don't know who they are. That is, by definition, an invasion. The topic of the front runner for the Republican Party, Donald Trump, came up last night, and the fact that he has not done any of the debates 
Debating is the bare minimum that a political candidate should do. And I would note, Donald Trump has refused to debate throughout this campaign. He doesn't think he owes it to Iowans. He doesn't think he owes it to Granite Staters to show up and debate and answer questions. He doesn't think he should come and have to answer questions from voters. A lot of times he'll come and give a speech and leave. He's not going to visit all 99 counties. Nobody is entitled to this nomination. You've got to earn this nomination. And part of the way you do it is you show up, uh, you answer people's questions, uh, you shake their hands, and you show them that you care about the future of their communities. I care about the future of these communities. I care about the future of this country. I'm not running for me. This is not about my issues. It's about your issues, your family's issues, and the future of this country. I hear what he's saying, but Trump is 51% in Iowa right now. Right. I mean, in those national polls, he's up 60-70% over, over his other other uh, uh, presidential contenders. So I, I get what he's saying. I'd love to see Trump debate. It's be entertaining. But why? He doesn't have to. It'd be like if you're the Pacers and you're up by 40 in the second half, you're probably not going to see Tyrese Halliburton very sure. much. And that's kind of where Donald Trump's at right that's now. Analogy. He's up by, in some spots, 40% on the second closest competitor. Some polls, it's DeSantis, others, it's Nikki Haley. But this is a blowout. The only way it's not going to be Donald Trump is if legal stuff happens. And for whatever reason, he can't run. I don't think that's going to be the case. But uh, now, when it becomes general time, I want to see Biden v. Trump or whoever it is. You won't. If it's Biden v. Trump, you won't see Biden. I promise you that. Newsom v. Trump, Michelle okay. Obama v. Trump, whoever it may be, I want to see that debate. But Donald Trump doesn't need to do all this kind of stuff. And, and again, if the general election, it won't be Biden. If Biden's the guy, he will not debate Donald Trump. He won't see that. Speaking of Trump and legal stuff, crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a January 6th case that could affect Donald Trump's prosecution. Now, this is not the Jack Smith thing. This is something a little separate than that. Jack Smith, the special prosecutor who wants to... um, (laughs) This still could affect Donald Trump, though, right? Yes. Now, before I move forward, I can't talk about Jack Smith without hearing Donald Trump call him deranged. Nigel? Deranged prosecutor Jack Smith! (laughs) Out of his mind! I'm going to need you to record that as my ringtone. (laughs) Anytime somebody calls me or texts messages, I want to hear, Deranged Jackson Peter! Jack Smith! So, this January 6th case, the Supreme Court justices will hear a case brought on by a defendant... Joseph Fisher, who's seeking to dismiss a charge accusing him of obstructing an official proceeding, namely the certification by Congress of President Joe Biden's victory. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of uh, disrupted by the mob on January 6th. That's one of the charges Trump is, is charged with, right? Right. Two other January 6th defendants brought similar appeals. The outcome, which will be dictated by the Supreme Court's ruling in the Fisher case. Now, Donald Trump's been charged with the same offense as well as a few others in this federal election interference case. The court's decision 
to take up this issue uh, could decide the domino effect here, and it will include Donald Trump. Now, if you're expecting an answer quickly, eh, probably should pump the brakes on that. This is going to take months because we've got to have the oral arguments and a lot of things playing out. But the special prosecutor, that's what he he does not want this. He wants he's trying to circumvent the uh, appellate courts to go straight to the Supreme Court and say, "Hey, you need to make a ruling on immunity for this president." I want to want, want that now because that's the, you know, he, Trump has appealed his lower court ruling that he he's not immune from prosecution because he was president and that could take a long time including the until the elu- election. So so the nine-month term that the Supreme Court does to, you know, take on cases and issue rulings ends in June. That's yeah. uh, cutting it pretty close there for old Jackie Pooh's personal liking. So we'll <laughs> see what happens. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Unsung heroes of the holiday season, Hammer. Your Amazon driver. Absolutely. I saw this poor Amazon driver pull up outside of my house over the weekend, and he had to pull. Apparently, the box that we had for us was underneath everything else in his van. So he had to completely dismantle whoever put that together in his van just to get our little box and put it on our front porch. Oh, somebody didn't do (laughs) something right there. Somebody didn't do something right. Here are three things your Amazon driver hates to deliver. Number one, kitty litter. Guilty on that one. It doesn't take long to go through it. People are constantly ordering it on Amazon, and you know this this Amazon driver hates that. You, just pick it up at the liquor store is what this Amazon. Pick it Amazon. up at the liquor store, the uh, kitty litter, or, or the grocery store. Sorry, I'm not picking up the kitty litter at the liquor store. Although if they sold it there, <laughs> it saved me a trip. <laughs> uh, things your Amazon driver hates to deliver: dog food. Again, those bags are 30, 40, 50 pounds. It's something you can get at the grocery store. That's why I. Ordered on Amazon, so I don't have to go to the grocery store. Right? Maybe you should, you know, stop whining a little bit, Amazon driver. I just got done complimenting the Amazon drivers, but now I'm kind of a little perturbed. Also, number three, they hate to deliver bottled water. Amazon sells like 40 packs. They're not light. It's another thing you get yourself at Costco or something like that. See, now I can have Kroger deliver that because Kroger does do some delivery stuff now, and bottles of water and packages of water fall into that category. So, sorry if I'm upsetting the. Amazon driver for having to do some work. Uh, typical day, Amazon d- driver delivers up to 350 packages. Wow. Like, I wonder what that number is Ooh. at the holiday season. Like, if that's. Oh, yeah, that's got to that's gotta increase. Right. As much as I hate Jeff Bezos and he looks like a bald little weenie and his rockets <laughs> look like weenies, boy, he sure has made things easy, hasn't he? He looks like a weenie and his rockets look like weenies. Is that what you just said? Yes. <laughs> Jeff Bezos looks like the kind of guy that uh, would appear in a Hallmark movie supposed to be Pitbull. <laughs> like they couldn't afford okay. a real actor, so they right. hired Jeff Bezos now. Got it. That's what he looks like. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! 
This is an investigation about public corruption at the highest levels of our government. We have specific questions for the president's son. He does not get to dictate the terms of this subpoena. That's House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. Hunter Biden, of course, subpoenaed by the House Oversight Committee to come in and be interviewed or deposed or whatever you call it behind closed doors about this long paper trail of foreign money that runs through the Biden family hammer. Uh, Hunter Biden did show up, though, didn't he? He showed up, had his legal team with him, had a very long, lengthy, prepared speech, and then got in the vehicle and left, and nobody knows where Hunter is at right now. Skipped out on the uh, deposition, but he did give a passionate speech. Um, Here's a little bit of what Hunter Biden had to say before he got the heck out of Dodge. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, <laughs> not as a practicing lawyer, hmm. not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. <laughs> I love he brings up his career as an artist. Quote, unquote, artist. Uh, and he added a, the word financial in there when I thought was curious as well. Because the goalposts keep moving from how involved Joe Biden was with his son's business. First of all, it's like, I've never even spoken to my son about his business. I don't even know what he does. And now all of a sudden he's saying, well, he wasn't financially involved with the business. And if you don't believe our word for it, let's take a trip down memory lane and hear the words directly from the big guy's mouth. Then how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that. Well, the whistleblowers have proven <laughs> that he spoke to all of them. Spoke to all of them, was, was in the room with the big guy demanding bribes. And it just it went from he never even talked about business to, well, he wasn't financially involved with my business. I right. thought that was interesting today. Uh, Hunter Biden, again, speaking earlier today before he skipped out and ignored the subpoena, he claims that he was given the option of either a closed-door meeting or a public hearing, and he only wanted to do the public hearing. Here I am, Mr. Chairman. Taking up your offer, when you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here 
I'm ready. And Look. then he left. <laughs> well, it's because he wanted to do it in an open forum. He didn't want to go behind closed doors with them. And part of me still, to this day, I'd say go for it. You're here. Let's get you out there. Let uh, Jim Jordan and Comer do their stuff. Let's but that's get it not out the way there. that it works, I, though. I, I like, understand the process. Don Jr. testified behind closed doors for over 40 hours. They kept bringing the Trump kids behind closed doors all the time. This is the procedure. This is how it works. And Comer may have said, you get your choice. But the subpoena, the official subpoena, said something else. Okay. The subpoena said, we are calling you in for a closed-door session, and you heard Comer at the top of the hour say, you don't get to dictate the terms of the subpoena. So now, they're going to file some contempt charges against Hunter, and we'll see where this goes. The other thing that caught my attention, for those who watched this earlier today, did you see who like the character witness was that was standing next to Hunter? No. It was Eric Swalwell. Oh, a lot of credibility there, too. Right. The guy that was on the... <laughs> Intelligence Committee, but was compromised because he was sleeping with a Chinese spy named <laughs> Fang Fang. That's the guy you want standing up for you. Great character witness. Uh, here is a, a member of the Oversight Committee, Jim Jordan, and his reaction. You know, we're disappointed that he didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and sat the question? If you do it in an open format now, you're going to get you're going to get filibusters. You're going to get speeches. You're going to get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de- uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. And then, as the chairman said, we'd love for him to come public. Finally, I would say this. Uh, Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with a power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for a uh, for his interview, for his deposition, and frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. Yeah, once they take that vote, they'll have a little more leeway, a little more power to do what they want to do. And Comer's already tweeted that they're moving forward with contempt charges. I think the one difference, though, and I think you and I might be on different sides on this, Nige, I still feel like you can have a public hearing with him, but you've got to treat him the exact same way you treated Don Jr. and all of the Trump kids. You bring it behind closed doors, you get the facts, and listen, Hunter, clearly you want to get your rocks off making some big public spectacle. We'll give you the opportunity to do that. We're not saying that you can't, but you're going to come in here first, like everybody else before you has done, and then you can have your public hearing. Like I don't know why he expects special treatment. Or maybe I do understand, because that's what the Bidens have got from the Department of Justice (laughs) and literally everybody this entire time. Uh, Now, in regards to this impeachment inquiry vote, we're going to do something that we used to do back in the day on this program, Nige. Back when they were running Donald Trump through the ringer with all of this, we're going to have impeachment updates. And now, it's time for an impeachment update. Joe Biden 
not impeached. This has been an impeachment update with Hammer and Nigel. Wow. That's pretty much all you need to know uh, yeah. about what's going on. Yep, we'll keep you updated. I kind of miss like the old ridiculous <laughs> days of impeachment. Like the whole thing was ridiculous. What they ran Donald Trump through. Oh yeah, twice. They impeached him through the house twice because they just didn't like the guy. But we got a lot of great material when all that crap was going on. We were pumping out Hammer and Nigel Show records impeachment albums. By now, you've heard all about the impeachment here. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. Well, now you can enjoy the impeachment process at any time. Hammer Nigel Records presents the impeachment album. Moving to the country, I'm going to see a lot of impeachment. <laughs> Moving to the country, going to see a lot of impeachment. Your favorite songs customized for this ridiculous impeachment process, like this. Funky Colsa Penis. Yeah, there it is. FBI and CIA. And the National all Security right. Agency were all served today with subpoenas, 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 subpoenas. subpoenas. You'll even get to enjoy songs about your favorite witnesses, like Marie Ivanovich. But Donald said, just come on back if you ever want to try again. <laughs> I done told you once, Ivanovich, I'm the best it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. Hammer Nigel Records, the impeachment album. Get it today. <laughs> Hoping Bravo. we can have another one with Joe Biden coming up relatively soon. Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! I was kind of surprised to see this, Hammer. Uh, NBC is reportedly parting ways with legendary broadcaster Al Michaels ahead of the NFL playoffs, even though Al was replaced on Sunday Night Football by... Was a Mike Tirico? Yeah. Um, he he had a contract to do NBC's playoff games. Now that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with this because I love Al Michaels. Al Michaels is one of the best that's ever done it. As a matter of fact, I believe Al Michaels and Pat Summerall they're tied with the most assignments to call Super Bowls in the history of broadcasting. Oh wow! How many? They've each done eleven wow. Super Bowls. <laughs> And Al Michaels is an icon, right? When you think about his career, probably the most signature moment wasn't even a football game or a baseball or basketball game. It was the miracle on ice. The USA Olympic team beating the Russians. Do you believe in miracles? And on top of that... I feel bad for him because he's been doing some of these awful Thursday night games. These Amazon Prime games. Oh, yeah, that's right. Those games, for the most part, have been one turd after the other. Been a few good ones, but for the most part, like those games are beneath Al Michaels. And half the time in the broadcast, he's up there just bullcrapping (laughs) and, you know, talking about other things because the game is so horrible. So, yeah, man, it's kind of a bummer. I like Al Michaels. I put him on the Mount Rushmore, a play by play guy. So let's remember Al's time on Sunday Night Football with this Hammer and Nigel Show supercut, this edit of his amazing broadcast skills that sound dirty but really aren't. Oh, no. It's Sunday Night Football. 
So you've got two studs here. You can see a lot of action. Sack comparison for these guys. Big. Hunter got in there, and I think still looking for that tight end. Just got a piece. Start slow, then he finished quicker. As Brandon Graham is able to get in there. So they work the middle, but not deep enough. Harrison Smith penetrates too deep. Gurley with a big hole. Just a little different feel. Out of the gun, right in his face. Let's go to the field now. Check in with Michelle. Al, all I can say is bam! <laughs> That's the line of the night. Love Al Michaels. Going to miss Al Michaels doing playoff games. Super cut of Al Michaels football commentary that sounds dirty, but isn't. Set comparison. Big. (laughs) That was my favorite. Actor Mark Wahlberg says he crashed an incredible frat party at his daughter's college. It was nuts, he said. Are you okay with Mark Wahlberg crashing his daughter's uh, party in college? I'm okay with Mark Wahlberg doing it. I'm not okay with dudes like us doing it. Because there's a difference. Celebrities can go to these things, and everybody there's happy to see True. them. Like, Will Ferrell went to his son's frat party this past year at USC. And he was, like, DJing yeah. with the DJ, yeah. and everybody was laughing, taking videos. Like, if you and I, Nige, if we showed up at a big frat party <laughs> at IU or Purdue, they would think we were the feds. Yeah, who are these? They wouldn't even think that. We'd be too out of shape to be a fed. Right. Who are these creepy fat guys here, and (laughs) at what point are we going to beat the hell out of them? Like, Mark Wahlberg, he's one of these dudes, I think, that looks better as he's gotten older. Like, my wife tells me this all the time. Mark Wahlberg now, much more better looking than he was when he was Marky Mark Mark, doing the Funky Bunch. He can pull this off, but if guys like you and I went to frat parties, we'd end up like Frank the Tank in old school. We're good! Streaky! Naked, running down the street, wondering if KFC is still open. Tastes so good when it hits your lips. All right, a uh, listen to this. A couple in New York State holds the record for most Christmas lights on a residential property. They upped it to 720,000 lights this year. Oh, baby. Now, the neighbors are sick of it. They want them to rein it in. One guy ran for office last year just to make them stop. <laughs> he said it's like living next to uh, Legoland for 40 days. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with this. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I feel like <laughs> Randy Marsh in South Park right now. I got my shirt off. I'm standing here in my underwear. I'm a little drunk. I'm a little beat up. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. And I love the fact that this guy ran for office, and this was the most important thing. (laughs) He didn't give a damn about anybody else in the district. He wanted to specifically go after his neighbor. And guess what? He lost. You know why? (laughs) Because Christmas magic is real. Good for the people of upstate New York for not voting for this loser. If you don't like Christmas, I'm sorry. That sounds like a you problem. I love the fact that this dude's got the world record. You don't, you, you don't think he's overdoing it just a tad with the other neighbors? Seven. If he's willing to pay that electric bill, and oh, I'm wondering what, what it, it is, is yeah. uh, I mean, that electric bill, I would imagine the meter at his house looks like that scene in Weird Science, where they're trying to get all the uh, the energy to go through the computer <laughs> yeah. to build the woman, yeah. and you see the, you know, the dial just yep. go around and around. That's probably what his <laughs> electricity meter well, looks I like. Mean, I mean, that's, that's big. It's going to be bigger than the Griswolds on Christmas vacation. Right. That's that's 720,000. 
I wonder if you could see it from like the International Space Station. (laughs) A a regular flight overhead for sure. Right. No, uh, I'm not okay with this guy. I'm glad that he lost. And if I were the guy that had the record, I'd try to go for a cool million next year. Um, Okay, got time for one more. This I saw this. I was like shaking my head. Yamaha will be selling a new five-disc CD changer. For five hundred and forty nine dollars. What year is this? Nineteen ninety eight. Are you okay with this? <laughs> no, no, I'm not okay with this. Like, why in the blue hell is Yamaha selling this five disc CD changer for almost six hundred dollars? Do people even have CDs anymore? Like, I used to have a bunch back in the day. I do you do. still have any? Uh, I got a box somewhere at my parents' house that I still haven't gone through. But for the most part, no, it's all digital. Right, right. And I'm, I again, it's one of those things where I find myself. I know I have the CD somewhere, but I'll just buy it on iTunes because it's <laughs> because it's easier that way. Like I understand, there's like a nostalgia tie-in. Somebody like our age is like, oh wow, a five-disc CD changer. I had this back when I was in college in '96. It's like somebody buying a like a vinyl, you know, a vinyl, uh, a record player, right? Right. And Ethan Hatcher buys that weird stuff <laughs> yeah, all the time, right? Like. It, he brings it in. We're trying to work, and he's got like some sort of like I don't know what the hell it is. He's winding it up, and it sounds like a train is running over a deer. <laughs> so no, I'm not okay with yeah. Yamaha selling a five disc CD changer for five hundred and forty nine dollars. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there with the special guests. He is the host of the Tony Kinnett cast. Every night right after our program, 7 o'clock here at 93 WIBC. Also an investigative reporter at the Daily Signal, Tony Kennett, the Tonus, joins us. And Tony, although our conversation kind of got marred by phone issues and technical issues earlier, speaking with Representative Jim Banks, it's been a crazy 24 hours in regards to the House of Representatives. So let's start with earlier today. We'll work today, then we'll go backwards. Hunter Biden shows up, makes this big speech about how he's a victim, and then <laughs> leaves, doesn't honor the subpoena that was asking him to do a deposition behind closed doors. Your thoughts? My thoughts are just this. I love how every time Hunter shows his face in public, he comes away looking like more of a criminal. Uh, I mean, realistically, <laughs> at some point, if he just showed up, all he has to do is show up, answer a few questions behind closed doors, maybe give some vague answers, and then hightail it out and said, look, I did what they want. They got nothing. He can't do it. He is destroying any chance that Biden, President Joe Biden, has of getting out of this unscathed. I've never seen anyone who is so incredibly inept at getting out of trouble as good old crackhead Hunter Biden. The thing is, and Hammer and I disagree with this just a little bit. He he had the chance to testify. He said he would have testified, just not behind closed doors. And I say to the Oversight Committee, which is led by Jim Jordan and, and, and James Comer, sit his ass down. He was there. He said he was ready. The problem was they wanted to interview him behind closed doors first before they put him out in front of the public. What do you 
am I wrong here in thinking these guys should have just said, screw it, forget the closed door stuff, forget this procedure, let's get him out here and start grilling his ass? Now, look, I'm not going to be the DEI counselor who goes, well, you're both right. But but if you want to think of it this way, you're both wrong. Here's the problem. He We're both wrong. Both. Those are the options, Tony. He needs to do both. He needs you to bring him in for a closed door and then do the open session. It's very obvious why he wants to do the open session so that we can all watch as he gives these, like, cool guy in detention answers to the teachers and flips off a congressman. Screw you, man. It's going to be Bender in the breakfast club. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he wants to be Bart Simpson, say, eat my shorts. That, that's, that's, that's the idea. So you want him to do both. You want to get the serious answers that they can reference when he starts acting like a goober trying to show off for the cameras in the open hearing. And again, all it takes is a GOP representative with enough guts to get this thing set up. But man, guys, it's a clown car out there. It's so disjointed. We're never going to get anything moved for We have the easiest impeachment trial in the history of this country, like in front of us. And they're not going to be able to get it across the line. And the thing is, like Hunter Biden was saying, well, Comer gave me the option of doing it publicly or behind closed doors. I wanted to do it publicly. But the thing is, Tony, that's not what the subpoena said. The subpoena right. said you're being called here on December 13th at 9.30 a.m. for a closed-door deposition. The exact same type of thing that Don Jr. did for like 40 hours. We're asking you to do the same thing, and he defied it. Hey, did you guys know that uh, one of the basic jobs of Congress is to issue subpoenas and, and actually hold investigations regarding stuff like this? No. Uh, as a citizen of the United States, you're not allowed to just flip off Congress and go, screw your subpoena. I can't even spell subpoena. One of my crack whores probably could, but I can't. Okay. Uh, you can't do that. So any reasonable congressman would say, okay, you can enjoy night in the holding cell, just not one of the holding cells Hillary Clinton has access to. <laughs> and one of my favorite parts of Hunter's little spiel before he got in his limo and, and got out of there on Capitol Hill was that he tried to paint himself as the victim of all these MAGA Republicans of trying to destroy my credibility as a, you know coming from a guy that spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on hookers and porn and drugs all the while not making his child pay, uh, you know uh, uh, child custody payments. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't paint yourself as Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim <laughs> did not go hang out at the Ukrainian Harlot Lounge. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, you know, God give us crack, everyone. That, not part of the Christmas story. I'm sorry. There was not one person except, I don't know, maybe uh, Chris Cuomo, who's buying that nonsense. <laughs> Tony Kennett joining us. Uh, the Tony Kennett cast coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. So let's work backwards a little bit. Yesterday, Zelensky makes his way to the Capitol, and he's walking uh, around. He probably has his Venmo information on his shirt. Mm. He's got a big <laughs> bag. It's got a... tip. Will you tip 15%, 45%? Right. He's got one of those bags you see in old gangster movies that just has a dollar sign on it, and he's trick-or-treating for cash. But it sounds like, Tony, he didn't get what he wants. 
Well, I, I'm still waiting to hear what he wants. Uh, I mean, because it, it, he's the only open statement that he's ever made in front of the world is that he wants everyone to go to war with Russia. And so when they said no, it kind of left him like a like a loser on prom night. Nowhere to go and no one to go home with. And he, I just don't know what to say at this point. I, I feel like he's out of a Popeye cartoon. He's like Wimpy asking for a hamburger over and over and over again. I, I mean, at, at what point is there an exit strategy? Are we going to stay in Ukraine forever? Is I mean, is he just president for life? No one's asking those questions. But I think the Republicans are... They're not saying no to Ukraine. They're asking, can we also deal with our own southern border? And for whatever reason, that's become a hot take. And that's almost like the line in the sand that the Democrats don't want to go over. Let me put it this way. I would like to arm the U.S. citizens on the southern border as much as we have armed the citizen of Ukraine. Give a couple of southern Texas towns stinger missiles and we'll talk. You know, Tony, one of the clips we played today was Joe Biden basically saying securing our border is a, quote, extreme Republican partisan agenda as it relates to tying the border to Ukraine. Last time I checked, there are a lot of Democrats. I mean, the governor of Arizona, that airhead, uh, are very mad at Joe Biden and want federal dollars for these these influx of of, uh, illegal migrants. I mean, good God, we even have Eric Adams, the mayor yeah. of New York, recording himself on a plane going to D.C. I'm mad. Well, yeah, you ask for this, but man, the migrants are really hurting us. OK, you're supposed to kind of compromise between two parties. I know that we're not going to. Right. Like, you know, the Republicans and Democrats aren't going to compromise. But like 40, 50 years ago, they cut compromises like this. OK, you get your crane funding. We get you the secure border and we, we shake hands. You know, you sleep with that guy's mistress and we all I'll go home. That's how Congress <laughs> used to be. But, you know, we're, we're not going to do this. And, and by so the way, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but there is a, a portion of the Democrats, I believe, that aren't upset that they have so many illegal immigrants in their cities. They're upset that they're not getting processed fast enough. And that's actually what they want. I, I wouldn't disagree, but at, at this point, when you have Chicago citizens and New York citizens that are basically starting now to mutter some of the squad members' names under their breath yeah. in the way that yeah. union members used to mutter on the way to a strike, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold that opinion much longer, because here's the fun part. A lot of these Hispanics coming into the country are Catholic. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Catholics, but uh, the whole DEI woke agenda thing isn't exactly appealing <laughs> to a lot of Catholics. Tony, can with us. His program, the Tony Kennett cast, starts at 7 o'clock here. Uh, last thing before we let you go, Tony, what do you think about these big-time state-run universities that may or may not have a problem with calling out anti-Semitic things happening on their campus? I know Representative Jim Banks, he feels like funding should stop going to those universities. What do you think? You know, I'll say this. I'm, I'm talking to, to Jim Banks' office a little bit. I've been doing some investigative work that is going to break very soon about a certain Indiana university that has been dabbling in, uh, well, you know, if it's a 
Palestinian student, an LGBTQ student, uh, as a BLM student, they can act however they want. But God forbid if a, a conservative student, a Jewish student has concerns, oh, then free speech is no longer allowed. So we'll be talking about that a little bit more in the next couple of days. Isn't it funny how like places like Harvard and Penn, you would if you use the wrong pronouns when addressing someone, that's grounds for expulsion. But you call for the genocide of Israelis. That's, you know, well, you know, actually, when they talk about that, you have to consider the context. The context. Oh, well, think of what Representative Cori Bush, you know, like the almost kind of member of the squad. She wants to be part of the cool girls, but she's a little too heavy. Uh, realistically, <laughs> oh, wow. realistically, sorry, I'm, I'm in a special mood. That's all right. Evening. Realistically, I just don't see anyone buying this. Again, we saw this with Cubans in 2020. The left decided Cubans were too white. They got rid of them. Cubans came over to the Republican Party. Then we saw this with Asian Americans in 2021 and 22. I guess they're trying to get rid of Jews out of the Democrat Party. Look, man, if all of these donors to Harvard and Penn and all of these other institutions want to start throwing their money towards some conservative colleges and private endeavors, oh, dude, I'm all for it. Sign me up. Their loss, our gain. 7 o'clock tonight, the Tony Kennett cast. He's on fire. It's going to be a great show tonight. Tony, have a great show tonight, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Serious question. Yes. Do people still go Christmas caroling? Like, if you watch enough Christmas specials and well, movies, like, you always hear about Christmas carolers. Do people still do that? Like, or have times changed? Like, is it too well, dangerous? I, no, or? I think people still do it. I, I want to say that I've, I've seen it in my neighborhood before. Okay. Uh, it's random and rare. But I think, I would say yes. I think that still happens. I didn't know if somebody would be offended that carolers would be coming by singing songs, because everybody's <laughs> offended by everything now. Which brings us to this classic Hammer and Nigel Christmas album. This holiday season, there's only one album that is sure to not offend people. Hammer and Nigel Records presents a non-offensive millennial Christmas. <laughs> you won't hear any songs, just a list of reasons why we can't have them. <laughs> like, baby, it's cold outside. That's a date rape anthem. God rest ye merry gentlemen. It's anti-feminist. The little drummer boy. It's not gender neutral and it's sexist towards female drummers. Winter Wonderland. It totally dismisses wonderlands and tropical climates. Do you hear what I hear? It's insensitive to the hearing impaired. White Christmas. Um, racist. No music, no songs, just a list of reasons why the perpetually offended make our lives hell. And back by popular demand, order now and we'll throw in this bonus album and a list with Warren Christmas. Silent night. <laughs> yeah. Holy night. It's a non-offensive millennial Christmas. Exclusively on Hammer and Nigel Records. Yeah, you know, on sick, I thought Hammer probably shouldn't go caroling this year. <laughs> Even if you're thinking about it, I wouldn't do it after hearing that. You're going to offend someone somewhere.